Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. This week, the Canadian government introduced a bill that would effectively ban conversion therapy. It's the third time the government's tried to end the practice. And even though conversion therapy is known to cause harm, it still happens in Canada. You know, you can imagine that it might be something that it's hard to gather data on, especially if it's something that's going underreported or if it's something that people don't feel comfortable talking about. That's The Globe's Janice Dixon. She'll tell us what this new bill would do and why it's taking so long to ban a practice this harmful. This is The Decibel. Janice, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So just to begin here, can we go through, like, what actually is conversion therapy? Conversion therapy is a widely denounced practice aimed at changing a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. It's not scientific, and it's meant to try and change who someone is, who they're attracted to. Uh, It's incredibly harmful and cruel. Do we have a sense of what it usually involves? Uh, These practices historically included um, electric shock therapy, but there are many examples of so-called therapy sessions where individuals are encouraged to repress um, non-heterosexual attraction. On Monday, when the justice minister and a number of other ministers introduced this new legislation, a survivor of conversion therapy actually joined them and talked about their experience. Gemma, the floor is yours. Thank you, Minister. Gemma Hickey, who's 45 now, um, said that when they were 15, they told their doctor they had a crush on a girl. Uh, Gemma said they identified as female at the time, uh, having been assigned that gender at birth, and the doctor referred Gemma to a therapist in the next office. When she greeted me at the door, my eyes gravitated towards the large wooden crucifix that hung around her neck on the outside of her blouse. Welcome, Gemma, the therapist said. You're safe here. She lied. After a few sessions, I told her that I thought I was gay. Don't worry, she assured me in a soft voice. We'll fix that. She told me that homosexuality is a premature sexuality that when I became heterosexual, I would reach full maturity as a human being. Gemma said at this press conference Monday that when they told the therapist they always wanted to be like a boy, that if they prayed hard enough, uh, this is what the therapist said, that uh, God would make them better. Um, The therapist prescribed antidepressants, and Gemma said after months of therapy, they felt the same and tried to take their life at a party by swallowing pills and chasing it down with alcohol Mm. and spent the first uh, little while of of high school senior year on a psychiatric ward and was finally sent home after a psychiatrist said that there was nothing wrong with them. When he told me that there was nothing wrong with me, his words were like medicine to my soul. As I left the hospital, I vowed to do whatever I could to ensure that young people did not feel as I did. The activist in me was born. 
I devoted the next three decades of my life to LBGTQ2 plus advocacy, co-leading movements that fostered societal recognition, such as same-sex marriage and adoption, gender-neutral identification, among others, because no one believed me when I told them that conversion therapy still existed. Gemma's story, I think, really illustrates what conversion therapy can look like, because I think, you know, people might just imagine what they think conversion therapy is, but it could be, you know, just being um, told over and over again, you know, pray or take antidepressants or speak to, um, you know, a so-called therapist about this and how harmful that can be. So I think that their story is really important. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it can take a whole wide range of different forms then. Uh, And I think, you know, frankly, a lot of people might be surprised to hear that this still happens in in Canada in in 2021. Do we have any kind of sense of how common or how widespread this is? According to Community-Based Research Center, one in 10 GBTQ people have experienced conversion therapy. Uh, That's according to a recent uh, survey that, um, that this organization had posted on its website. But I asked the federal ministers this question on Monday at the press conference, and they cited some of this research, but also said that it's often happening in the shadows. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, after hearing a story like Gemma's, that it might be something that it's hard to gather data on, especially if it's something that's going underreported or if it's something that people don't feel comfortable talking about. So, of course, we're talking about this today because the Liberal government has introduced a bill to effectively ban conversion therapy. And this is the Liberals' uh, third attempt to pass legislation uh, banning this practice. Could you just walk us through what happened the last two times? And I guess why why hasn't this happened yet? So the first time, uh, I believe it was introduced in March 2020, Parliament prorogued. Then it was introduced again last October Uh, The bill made its way through committee, and finally, in the spring, uh, it was being debated in the House and then in the Senate, and then when Parliament dissolved ahead of the election, it died again. Um, Now, I I believe at the time the Liberals were accusing uh, the Senate of some procedural wrangling, but meanwhile, the Senate was saying that they didn't have enough time to deal with the bill But it's come around again, and it sounds like the Liberals are uh, pretty confident that it will get passed this time. And, I mean, full disclosure here, I used to be a parliamentary reporter, and I did cover the bill in the spring and the summer when it was going through the process then. So, again, it's, it's a new bill, same substance, essentially. But can you explain to us, is there anything that's different in this new piece of, of legislation that was different from the last time it was introduced? It is a bit different. It's wider reaching than the previous version because it proposes to ban conversion therapy for both children and adults. As you probably remember in the previous iterations of the bill, uh, it was banning it for children and adults who had the practice being done against their will. But it there was a loophole because it allowed consenting adults uh, to seek out this so-called treatment, but now that's it's banned entirely. So this bill does close that loophole. And I think a lot of critics of the previous version of the bill are already applauding uh, this version because of this aspect, because in their view, um, 
you know, adults can't walk into hospitals or other treatment centers and demand other sort of debunked uh, treatments. So this should be no different. And can we just clarify then, so this bill would make this a, a criminal offense then? This is being added to the criminal code? That's right. Okay. Uh, the House of Commons just came back last week. So introducing this bill uh, pretty early on makes it seem like it is a top concern for the government. I guess, why do they want to prioritize this? Well, the government promised uh, in, in the last election campaign that it would introduce this bill and swiftly. Um, I think there were some questions yesterday about whether it would actually get passed um, before the House rises. And, and that's a bit too ambitious, uh, as the justice minister said that he had wanted to introduce the bill before next year and hopes that the process can happen quickly. But, uh, you know, obviously this bill is something it's important to the government. It's important to uh, a lot of MPs and they want to see it dealt with swiftly. So the UN has also called for this practice to be banned globally. Uh, and Justice Minister David Lamenti has said that these, quote, so-called therapies may amount to, to torture, end quote. We know it leads to an increased risk in, in self-harm and suicide. So like, who is opposing this ban and, and, and why? The last time debate was happening around this bill, uh, conservatives were divided I believe there were around 62 uh, Conservative MPs in the last parliament um, that had voted against it. Therapy, and particularly counseling that changes behavior uh, is, is a concerning part of, of the definition. A lot of counseling is, is attempting to change behavior, and that is exactly what, uh, what folks have been, I've been hearing from folks from around the country. Uh, over 300... Uh, with... 50-some, including Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, voting in favor. Let me be perfectly clear. Conversion therapy is wrong. And in my view, it should be banned. Some of the criticism that's come from that side of the House uh, has been that the ban could criminalize, uh, you know, conversations between uh, youth and families, and maybe faith-based leaders in particular. Now, I, I remember back in October, Justice Minister David Lametti saying that that is definitely not the case, um, that this does not criminalize conversations. But that was the argument that uh, some Conservative MPs uh, were making at the time. And it might be a little early to tell because this, again, was just introduced, but is, is there the sense that similar arguments will come up again? I think it's likely that some of those points will be raised again, but ultimately uh, members of parliament are now very familiar with this piece of legislation. It's of course a little bit further reaching than it, it had been before, uh, but I think it will still have the support from majority of parliamentarians. I guess from what you've been hearing and who you've been talking to as well, do experts think that this legislation will help? Uh, I guess because you mentioned before that there's maybe the concern that it's something that might happen in the shadows uh, a lot more than we even know about. So, I mean, is there the risk that it could potentially help to drive some of these practices underground? 
So my impression after this bill was introduced on Monday is that it was widely applauded by a lot of experts who have been calling for legislation for some time. They want to see this practice that has been going on uh, criminalized. They want victims to have somewhere to go um, and to hopefully stop those who are you know, performing this or who are advertising this online to put a stop to all of that. So on Monday, when the legislation was introduced, they really were um, complimentary of, of this and, and hoping, you know, their main point was that they just hope it gets passed soon. And as you mentioned, so it, it bans the practice, but also the advertising of the practice as well. Do we know when we can expect a vote uh, in the House on this? How quickly that's, that's actually going to happen? We don't know. That's uh, something, I think, to watch for in the new year. You know, it sounds like there's generally support in the House of Commons for it. Do we have a sense about support in the Senate um, once it gets to that stage? Does it look like there'll also be support there for it as well? I think there will be support for it in the Senate. I think the hope is that it will be dealt with expeditiously and uh, that overall there will be support for it. From what you're hearing, it sounds like it does... This bill does have support from from experts and, and advocates. Do they have a, a hope that this bill, if passed, will mean the end of conversion therapy, the end of this practice in Canada then? Yes, absolutely. They are hoping that with this legislation, uh, after it's passed, it will fully put an end to this practice in Canada. Janice, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks very much. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman Wilms. Tim and Johnson is our intern. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show and produced this episode. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks to Janice Dixon. You can find more of her work at theglobeandmail.com. You can also email us at thedecibel at globeandmail.com. If you want to reach me, I'm on Twitter at ManikaRW. And if you haven't already, please follow The Decibel wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.